Brando, welcome back to the show. Dude, I'm excited. Jeff from 360 Electric. Yes. Talk about some energy. Well, the dude's intense. Some spice for life. Intense. What's so cool about what we do, Brandon, and audience, I hope that you're enjoying this too. We get to talk to these incredible business owners that have these unbelievable ups and downs and journeys. Yeah. And I learn so much from him, mostly that I need some more cappuccino. Man, guy's intense. Um, but yo, no audience, those of you listening, thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Before we get into this episode with Jeff, do us a quick favor. Hit like, subscribe, follow, share, wherever you are. Do that real quick. Awesome. All right. With that, here's Jeff, the 360 electrician. I thought you shorted out. <laughs> it was like his friend is having a heart attack. <laughs>All right, this is a wild story. I'm wearing a backwards hat, and you say, hey, how do you know about the Missoula podcast? And I looked at you with like a blank stare, and I'm like, I am the Missoula podcast, and, and that's how our relationship started. So how did you find the Missoula podcast, number one, and, and tell us your that experience? Uh, you know what, end? man, I'm telling you, my whole life is a, like walking on water. It's crazy. God opens doors. Just crazy things happen to me. And yeah, we were here because this place is going to get remodeled and we came to give an estimate and we talked just briefly fist bump because you guys know one of my guys. And uh, then you walk around the corner and I'm like 20 feet away and I and I see the logo and it, I swear it wasn't even like maybe a week or two before that where I saw you guys on LinkedIn and I'm one of those creators or we'll get into what I do, but I'm on LinkedIn because that's where the money's at, right? That's where the big boys play. And somehow you guys popped up and I saw the logo and I was cool. And then at first, you know, you look at it and you go, oh, Missoula Mountains, it's freaking awesome, right? And I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. And I go, hey, dude, Steven, how, how do you know the Missoula podcast? I think you were actually blown away. Like you recognize the logo. And I'm like, <laughs> I think you were the first yeah, person. I think it's an awesome logo. And he goes, we are the Missoula podcast. I'm like, no freaking way. And I was like, seriously, I think I was like, that's what happens to me all the time. It's like, all right, God, like another one. Like, what the heck? And then I had to meet Brandon. Everything went downhill from there. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, yeah, again, Joseph, who works for me, is just, you know, obviously ratting and raving about you guys and how long you guys known him. And that's it, man. And the door opened and here I am. I wanted to be episode one. I'll be honest. I'm a little, you know, but hey, what are we? Episode I don't know where we are. 26, 31, 30, 30, 2. Yeah, I don't know. But, hey, look, I got the first of 2024. That's something, right? Exactly. I love it. I love it. And of course, anyway, but it's such a, so that's such a small world that we have this connection that we never knew about. I think that's the crazy part about Missoula. Me coming from the outside, I've only been in the Bitterroot two and a half years. Someone works for me that's connected to you. Two of your guests, one of your guests, Casey's in my HOA. You know, just like two weeks before he was on the show, we were in an HOMA meeting and and then I'm like, what? And then uh, Troy, of course, my boy Troy does all my printing and we have a relationship. Our kids are awesome. The, our kids go to the same school in the same class. It's just nuts. That's Missoula. In that a community. Nutshell. It really it's, is. It's incredible. Um, what, what brought you to Missoula? Well, here, loaded question. Where are you from originally? Where'd you come from? Can, can I cuss on the channel and say California? I knew exactly what you were going to say. Yeah, That's I why know. I asked. <laughs> are we allowed to say bad words? <laughs> um, what brought you to Missoula area? Yeah, why Missoula? Yeah. So uh, the short story is uh, our daughter's in private school over there in California and her two best friends. Uh, one of them, uh, the parents had had a house here for 20 something years. 
uh, and they decided through all the craziness, you know, we're going to move and we have a house in Missoula. And so they moved here and broke my daughter's heart, broke our heart, great friends. And so of course we're, I love Montana. I'm hunting, fishing. That's what I'm all about. Living in California, you kind of got to be reserved. You know, you can't, don't take your guns and bows and arrows and nothing out, you know, you're going to get in trouble. But anyway, so uh, we said, oh, heck yeah, we're visiting. And so everyone said like, why Montana? And they basically, I said, let's go during the winter. Cause right. That's what scares everybody. And I told my wife, I said, we're going to go visit them. And we're going to visit the, when the, they say the worst time to visit is we literally came here and I was like packing in my head. And this is like three and a half, four years ago. And so what brought us to Missoula's great friends, my daughter's best friend. We want to get out of Cali. We had our dream house, everything set up. I still have my company there booming. And uh, COVID taught me how to run my business without being there anymore. So Technology. Cool. So Technology. Hey, why am I going to go to a job site to do a job walk? Get your phone out and show me. Wait, wait, wait. Go back around that corner. Like you can't get away with anything anymore. So I'm an early adopter on technology. I always have been. I've had several businesses before. Some of them are in tech or tech-like. And so, yeah, best friends moved out here. Daughter's best friend moved out. Then my, her, our, her other friend moved out and bought a house in our community. Same with Casey's. Two doors up, there was a property for sale. Oh, not two doors, like five doors up, a lot, a lot for sale. And I wanted this other lot. And I was like, Lord, if this lot was for sale, kept asking my agent and everybody. And they go, that's not how it works in Montana. You're like, if it's got a for sale sign, it's got a for sale sign. It's not like you can find one. My wife told me that day. And I, and I remember a year before I said, I'm packing in my mind. And she's like, all right, I'll make you a deal. Of course, this is half poking me, but half serious. If you buy me a house with a pool on the property, like if, we, if you buy me a house with a pool, I'll move to Montana. Look, we're SoCal. We're loving it, right? And so she goes, oh, you're challenging me. I said, okay, done. I'll build that dang pool. Didn't have to. I did this prayer walk up to that other property that was for sale. That property was not very nice. I walked by this property and I kept saying like, wow, this is the one to get here. Out of the corner of my eye, there's like this little blue plastic thing in the middle of the tall, tall Montana grass. So I go, what is that? And so I just start walking to it and about 20 yards in, I step on a for sale by owner sign that's been knocked down. Sharpie, uh, phone number, last number completely gone. Second to the last number, an eight, six, who knew? And I was like, no way. So I take a picture of it and I go, what? Look, I'm getting chills right now because that's how God works, right? And so then I start making another 10 yards. Guess what's on the freaking property, guys? A Walmart kiddie pool. <laughs> I still have the picture of Google map, a uh, Google sky view zoomed in. How long we've been married. Are you guys married? Yeah. 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 Wife says, go get milk. I'm coming with the fattest, tastiest, unhealthiest milk on earth. You got to tell me oat milk with almonds, with low fat, with this brand or whatever. Right. Or I'm coming back with a pool on the property. And before we landed, we'd sold, made the deal. The property was ours. And so that's then it awesome. took another three to six months to make the decision to pull the trigger, sell our dream house in California that we were set. Like it was ideal situation. It was, it was like, you know, Abraham leave, you know, of course I'm not that special, but that's kind of the story. And so, yeah, we pulled the trigger and we started building and that was a nightmare in the bitter root and hence 360 electric Montana, but that's a whole other story. So amazing that you were able to adopt this technology, be able to run your business from California and sounds like so many doors open to come to Montana. Take us back a little bit further. How did the start of your businesses come about? Mm -hmm. Did you know you wanted to be an electrician, a business owner, a contractor? Or did you kind of fall into it and be like, well, I guess I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Pretty crazy story as well. So my dad is the godfather of tire stores and tires in Southern California. He immigrated here from Syria in 
1952. Got his degree in engineering from Michigan State. Ended up, you know, whatever the case may be, ended up in California. And he said, and he was working for Lockheed Martin, Skunk Works, all that, you know, total stuff. In fact, right out of just a quick story, just to tell you, like Armenian. So I'm Armenian. Background's Armenian. Uh, crazy story about Armenians, first nation to accept Christianity in the Muslim world and stuff. Mm -hmm. He moves out here, uh, works for Lockheed Martin, always gets fired, right? Because they're doing the layoffs every time in space. And he goes, and they have this program where you invested money. So my dad was a, a great businessman. That's kind of where I got it. And you'd invest this money. And if they laid you off, you would get double what you invested, almost like a 401k, but they would double it if you got laid off. So he said, if they laid me off one more time, I'm starting a business for myself. And so that's what he did. So he got in the tire business. He grew it out of my direct family. Gosh, over 200, 250 tire stores. You're talking Les Schwab level where we're competing. Mostly West Coast, San Diego, Orange County, Seattle. I lived in Seattle for months. Anyway, put a long story short. So I'm thinking, right, I'm a young kid. I'm going to get into the tire business. That's my goal. Uh-uh. Uh, dad, pretty much God bless him. Had a great relationship. Never bought me a pair of tennis shoes my whole life. My parents got divorced at five years old. It was that whole, you know, child support battle thing. Dad's living large, driving BMWs and Mercedes, uh, left leaves mom with just the furniture in our kids, you know, the kids room. So really I had to hustle from like day one, even though he was a part of my life growing up, like he'd pick up something. It was that thing between him and my mom. I didn't understand it. So my first business, believe it or not, my mom, I was a latchkey kid, had to go, you know, uh, home and which is great. Again, we're, we're boys. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to me, it wasn't like a bad thing. I get to go home and play my Atari 2600 or whatever it was. So, uh, I met a friend, Akbar Malakuti, an Iranian kid, same thing. Dad, multimillionaire, didn't give him a pencil. Wild. Yeah. Crazy. And so he lived on the golf course in like the neighborhood I grew up in. And so his, uh, his cousin, uh, that lived with him said, Hey, you guys want to make some extra money? Cause he had grown up. He is in high school. Now he goes, just jump the fence, grab all the golf balls in the bushes. Cause over there, the, the weeds grow. And he goes, you clean them up. You go down to where the entrance is and you sell golf balls. You make a bunch of money. And somebody goes, Oh heck yeah. So we jump the fence. We go, we find all these balls. We back then the Coke, you know, the Coke, uh, cardboard containers are only like three inches tall. They have all the rivets where the, we'd put all the balls in there and then we'd go out. And then first day you're talking 1978. First day we'd make like eight bucks and that's like 50 bucks, you know, <laughs> for a kid, eight year old kid, 50 bucks, we'd freak out. Right. And we'd go to the store, come back. Anyway, long story short, that is where my sales, supply and demand, price points, competition, everything God had worked way back then. Why? The next week we went out and we went, well, gosh, you know, we're getting all these balls. We don't know anything about golf. We don't know anything about anything. I still don't know. I may get Troy back in here. He'll tell us all about it. And I'd be like, hey, this week, let's write all the balls that we have going down here. And so we'd write like Top Flight XL. We realized Top Flight XL, because that's the only ball I still know, was selling the number one seller. And we went, hey, next week, let's make these 10 cents more. And we found, see, supply and demand. And yeah, it was crazy. You figured that out when you're that eight young. eight years old. And then like we went from like eight bucks to like 20 bucks in a day. And that was it. That was like every summer for like three years. And then it wasn't cool or whatever happened. Sure. So that's my first business is selling golf balls and, and riding my bike back then you could do that in LA to like 20 miles away to the toy store. Yeah. And then mom would come put the bikes in the trunk and come home. So your, your mom was a single mom and she was working at this time. What was she doing to support you guys? So she was a, a, a manager for a fragrance company called Guerlain, Guerlain French company in Beverly Hills in a boutique in uh, one of the big, big 
uh, you know, like Macy's type stores sure. that, that went, I Magnum, that's what it was. Okay. So she was again, great salesman. My mom probably actually, my mom's better businessman than my dad ever was. She is just unbelievable. Uh, just joking aside, you know, when my dad passed, you know, my mom, if she passes, she's going to have more net worth than my dad did. And wow. yeah, all this crazy stuff. And she's really just an amazing woman. And I learned a lot from her and my dad. So anyway, fast forward, I, I just, since that point on, I think I own businesses. I don't, I've only worked for two people my whole life, Target for a week, and then I got kicked out. Well, my dad, I did work for my dad for a little while, but I don't count that because family sometimes. And then I worked for the uh, largest um, ser electrical service contractor in California. So what happened was my mom said, can you fall back on your dad's business? Like, do you trust him? And I'm like, he's never bought me a pair of tennis shoes. I don't know if I can. She goes, well, we have a family friend who's an electrician. Why don't you just go, you know, you go to trade school and learn a trade. You're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I said, no. And she goes, just learn a trade for backup. And sure enough, after I sold my internet company, which we didn't even get to, I had the second largest tire seller on the internet for in the uh, 2000s. Sold that, didn't work for about three, four months. Went to Bible college for two years for my own growth. Met my wife. My father-in-law's Armenian too. Said, you don't have a job. You're not getting married. I'm 30 years old at this time. I'm like, who needs a job? You know, job, come on. And so I went to work for that. Again, fallback. I went to college, you know, got my degree, didn't do it. Forgot to tell you, I was the largest pager seller in Las Vegas too in the, in the 90s before I started the internet business. So I've been in business my whole life. That's just, that's what I do. I always say time is worth more than money to me. So I've always valued my time more than I valued right. money. And you might say, well, Jeff, wow, so successful. How many zeros you got in the bank account? Not that many because I don't live, I don't, I'm not a Ferrari guy. I'm not a, yeah, yeah I have a, Decent house, obviously, but that's building, you know, your equity and being smart. But I will definitely choose uh, an hour of time versus a hundred dollar bill any day of the week. Sure. Yeah. You, you learned that obviously watching your dad, watching your mom, and then just your own experience. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I got a lot of, I, I kind of walk on water kind of thing. You know, a lot of guys, uh, people have to build up that 401k and all that stuff. Look, again, I'm, I'm not knocking it. Mm -hmm. I had family that was decently well off and I figured always that, you know, even if I end up with something, that's my 401k. But it turned out that just working hard, I didn't need it anymore. Yeah. Like when my dad passed, it was like, I don't need it all. So, you know, he left everything for the grandkids because we didn't need it. I'm already a successful businessman. I've already got mm -hmm. my house. I've already got yeah. like adding zeros wasn't going to do anything. And so uh, the great part was just having that relationship. What was your strategy for picking businesses? Were you just like looking for, I'm going to fill that need. I'm going to fill that need. Or you just kind of like fall into them? Because you're yeah. saying pagers, tire sales, <laughs> electricity. The pagers was because we were young. And look, again, uh, we had to hustle. I mean, I've done some pretty shady stuff in my life, too. I always say that anything that's shady or illegal started in California in the 90s while I was in high school. I'm talking like from chipping phones to fraud, all kinds of stuff. Thank God statues are way over because I can talk about it. So we were hustlers, like totally like we, we created some, so all my best friends, like in my group, there was no two alike, Israeli, English, Chinese, African-American, me, Armenian, and Italian. That was like our group. And we were like brothers. So everybody brought some kind of shadiness into the group and we're still best friends now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, and, and super successful. I Motley mean, crew. Uh, one of my friends sold his clothing company for 12 million. One of my friends is a huge, um, manager, talent manager right now for A-listers. Um, I mean, I've got, you know, we all just hustled and, and just so, yeah, picking businesses. When I moved to Vegas, I actually moved to Vegas because I figured if I stayed in California, I'd end up in jail for sure. I said, you know what? They're going to get me eventually. And I said, I cut it cold turkey. I wasn't a believer at the time either. You know, I was just in the world, whatever. My uncle had bought a shopping center in Las Vegas. He was an early smart guy too. And he's still there. He gave me literally 
the room we're in half the size of an office and he shared it with me. And I started my pagers, et cetera, business there. And it was big back then. No cell phones really then. Yeah. So I go, how am I going to compete against J&J and uh, EasyCom? These were the two Israeli guys that were just huge in Vegas. Great. I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to use my skills, which is sales, talking, loving on my client. I took a suitcase, filled it with pagers and knocked on doors and businesses and said, I'm from pagers, et cetera. Well, the first thing people would say is like, wow, must be a big company. They got a sales guy walking around. No, this is the company in this suitcase. <laughs> but I made myself bigger. I mean, again, you guys are looking at, you know, some of our, like marketing is my thing. I don't want to get the market, but I want to make that impact. Is And so, yeah. And then I hooked up with a couple of well, right people. Jeff, do you, do you still use a pager? Do you still have a pager? I still have my flex two-way pager, but I can't use it anymore because if it could hook up, I probably would. How cool would it be to bring pagers back? I know. I don't know. I mean, our phones are it, but yeah. Kind of I mean, cool. Yeah, it is cool. But it's hard to beat that, that Z5 I got. That uh, thing's pretty damn yeah. cool. Okay, so now we got a little bit of a backstory on some of your yeah. history in, in business. Yeah. <laughs> Since we are the Missoula podcast, let's transition into Missoula. But right now, I think it'd be a good time for our burning let's do it. five let's do it. questions. Hit them with the first three. All right. You ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. You're from Cali. Yes. You come to Missoula, Montana. Mm -hmm. Did you drive? Did you fly here? What happened the first trip? Uh, the very first time I visited, flew. Okay, flew. You get off that airplane. Mm -hmm. You get in your rental car. You're heading down Broadway. What is your first initial memory of Missoula, Montana? Uh, getting off at Missoula Airport before this remodel and smelling the air and just going. And it was crisp winter. Oh, and yeah. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Probably the first thing. And then uh, just kind of mesmerized. I, I come from desert. I lived in Vegas. I lived in L.A. my whole life. I did a short span in Seattle, which was all rain. That's it. I'm a desert, you know, California beach, da, 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 da. Not your yeah. typical. I'm not a surfer or anything like that. So for me, it was just mesmerizing and, and being in Missoula during snow to us, yeah. it was mesmerizing. So we even joke, I still prefer winter. I, can I say that? I think I'll get arrows thrown at me here, but I still enjoy winter just as much as I do summer. Yeah. Now, again, I'm being admitted, I'm not in the snow every day working, which I, I have a, you know, but like my guys today, they booked a call. It's, you know, in Corvallis. I'm like, why didn't you book it for Wednesday? At least it's 23. They're like, this is, you know. This is it. Yeah. So I'm still in the, I'll be in front of the fireplace looking out the window and on my laptop, you guys do you, you know? Uh, so that's my first memories. The, the, the air. air. That's yeah. a great memory. That's a great memory. Do you, have you found your go-to coffee spot in Missoula or? 100%. Okay. Where's your spot? Florence coffee. All right. And I happen cool. to live in Florence. How crazy is that? And I also going to reach out to them. Hopefully if they're watching this podcast about something, but I love that. family. How would, he lives in Florence. How do you get on the podcast? Yeah, that's so a we good need to go point. back to you infiltrated. Yeah, you, smart. Yeah. He, he knew Casey did it first. It's true. Yeah. Okay, Missoula. Oh, you're so no, no. Missoula Casey County. was way after we met. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. No, I got I got in the podcast because again that first introduction <laughs> and meeting and and he's Joseph. Good at, he's good you at can't, you he's good no at sales. Choice. He's good at he's sales. Good at you, sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have no choice. Okay. Choice, right? You got How about when it comes to food? What's your uh, favorite restaurant, oh, Missoula? Okay, so that's the crazy part. So the. Biggest joy I ever get going into California is going to my all-you-can-eat sushi places. I mean, it's hands down, right? And then you got your your you have diversity of food here, but it's very like limited. So believe it or not, I who hot was awesome. I mean, I'm so heartbroken right now. My wife like wants to kill me because I took her there. My daughter wants to kill me because they're like all the foods mix and everything. I'm like, that's what makes it so good. So I'm a who hot kind of guy. I know you guys are gonna think I'm nuts. Like I like the Chinese buffet. That's me. Like I know it's. 
Some people might say that's not quite, but honestly, Tamarack, we were in love with, obviously, uh, super in love with, um, uh, Lolo Steakhouse, probably our go-to, uh, and then Steve, I, Stevensville Steakhouse. I forget the name of the Stevensville one. Uh, what is that called? I'm trying to think. I think, oh, uh, we'll have to call the guys on the Steve I podcast. Right, not Steve I. What am I talking about? Victor, Victor Steakhouse. Victor Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah, sorry about Victor. that. That's what I thought you Oh, and then Amor and Tacos just came in at Steve I, though. That's bomb. That's great. Um, yeah, and then, of course, uh, sorry, always uh, Tapanyaki at, uh, whatchamacallit, right over there. Um, the one, Kobe, 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 yes, thank you. Yeah. So, so these are our go-tos. Yeah. So you got a few. Yeah, that, yeah a few, definitely. About, about half the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, Can you tell I'm so, Armenian? Uh, so we, we know you live in Florence. So you're a five nine eight three three er. Yes. If I know my zip codes. Yes. Well. Very good. Um. So next question. Mm-hmm. What to you is the weirdest thing about Missoula? <sighs> a little bit of the attitudes, especially when it comes to contractors. Really? I think it's weird that you have a business, especially a home service or a service company business. Literally, your business relies 1,000% on your clients. And I built a house here. I built a fairly large house. I did a lot of stuff on there. And I found that the contractor mentality, the contractor, I don't know what the right word is, is just unbelievable. Why do you show up to my house Give me a $20,000 bid to do landscaping and never follow up. Why bother even coming? Mm. I found that that is the MO. And then <coughs> and then I don't blame contractors, but crappy work is prominent, like crappy work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say names, but I've got like, you know, my gas line installation. Like I'm not a litigation kind of guy, even though California, we're litigated all the time. But I mean, just nobody's watching what they're doing and they can care less. I, maybe they feel like because they can get away with it. But the quality and the follow-up, absolutely. I have a friend that came from California. He is a partner in a major uh, accounting firm. I mean, this guy's got money. If you you just show up and you are on it, he's writing you a check. And he's got a list. And I saw him go, oh, I, I know some of those contractors. He goes, no, 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 that's my do not call list. I will never call those people again. And I was like, you keep a list. Yeah, I'll, I won't remember. Like, I'll remember the people I'm going to call. But I don't want to, I want to make sure I remember the people I will never call again. Mm. And so I think me being an outsider too, as much as people are resistant to outsiders, you're not stopping it. You're not. It's just, mm-hmm. why not embrace it and actually make it work for you? Like the, I'll tell you the story about how, oh, Californians drove the prices up, right? On that, Remember that property I was going to buy at the, down the street? I'm not going to say any names because I love the guy. We're, we're friends. But he, he pretty much homesteaded Bitterroot. Okay. He bought that property, builds a house. He's listed it for like $1.7 million. That's not me. That's a local. Like, why are you blaming me? If it was so thing, he could have listed it for whatever, you know? And so I just kind of find it funny that if it, if you can, you know, those people that I was sitting at um, Glenn's Cafe oh, and Glenn. next to me, there's two uh, older guys and, you know, they're like, yeah, these son of a, you know, outsiders. And then he goes, and then like literally a conversation later was, hey, so what happened with your, you know, your ranch sale? Oh, I made a killing. I, some guy came in from California and paid me a hundred thousand over cost. But literally five minutes earlier was like those son of a, you know, and I had another experience met a contractor who's building a, a garage from someone that just moved up from San Diego. Got to be a $45,000 job. And then goes, yeah. Oh, another one from outside, man, you guys are everywhere, like crawling around everywhere. And I'm like, and it was in front of that customer just saying like, 
you just got a $45,000 job from the guy that's crawling. So you see, that's what irks me. It's inconsistent. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just ridiculous. Come on. We like to know? play both sides. And and look, I bleed Montana. Like, uh, we didn't talk about how we got here through the governor's office. I mean, the, the door was open. I mean, there was there was a lot of negotiating for me to bring my headquarters. I was coming anyway. Don't tell them that. But, you know, I was coming. Um, but but it's true. I'm not here to change it. I want to make it better, which, whichever way I can. But who wants to change Montana? Like, we left. All us imports left hell to come to what we call heaven, right? Mm. And so I think that mentality is like, you know, you're going to know the, the, the good from the bad. Well, Jeff, what do you love the most about Missoula? The people, same exact thing that I hate. That was the contractor yeah. part, not the people. The people, just amazing. Anybody that visits now, I go, especially from California or anywhere else, I go, okay. He goes, well, get ready. There's a sound you're never going to hear. There's actually two sounds you will never hear. And he goes, what? I go, honking and jets, like flying over like every five seconds. And so I've had people stay. And then when they leave, they go, I heard nobody honk. And I think it's an amazing. I just recently said that to my wife. We were we were traveling. People I think, don't honk. I think it's we not, were in Boston. Rich. And I said to my wife, I said, I need to take advantage of my horn more at home. Like we, <laughs> right. we don't use we them in Montana, right? But it's just, no. it's like a blinker in big cities. Second biggest thing that I, when I came out, we, our friend took us to Costco. Cause of course we went to Costco. I was in the very back of their suburban. Cause I came with the family and the luggage. We went into Costco and she comes in the park and she sees an elderly couple coming to their car. She just stops. Elderly couple ends up talking to the people next to them. We were sitting, waiting for the parking space. I'm not joking. Five to 10 minutes. And then I was like, no man. And then two cars behind us waiting. Nobody was in a rush. I was like, this is a very uncomfortable, like, yeah. are you serious? And, and she turned around and goes, welcome to Montana. Wow. And from that point on, I probably am the slowest driver. I don't, you know, I, I brought nothing bad from California. Trust me. Like my wife says, wow, you're worse than, you know, <laughs> you know, how old are you? And I go, I got, this is it. You're coming to a place to assimilate. Yeah. If you're in a rush and you're going to be, don't come. Like, this is not the place for you. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's, and so, that yeah, was really that's cool probably story. my second most uh, told story about Montana. All right. Um, as far as, obviously, you came from the school of hard knocks a lot and you learned on the go. But has there been a specific book that has impacted your life, your business, your personal, your growth more than any other? or maybe an author or something like that. Sure. Well, obviously the Bible from, from the get go. Uh, yeah. Un, I mean, just put that at the very top. Everything goes on those skills, everything that I, I try to do. And I'm not perfect, by the way, I'm still at the front of the line for, you know, being the biggest loser, needing those nails, unfortunately on that cross. So uh, just recently I wrote, I, I, I'm a big, big uh, audible guy. Um, the funny part is I never graduated college per se, but I've got six years of college with degrees in two years, two years, Bible college, trade school, and then general. So I joke with my wife, who's a bachelor's teacher, you know, the whole thing. And then I'm like, well, I got more school than you do, but I don't have anything to show up for it. But anyway, uh, I just read, uh, listened to, um, buy back your time. Really powerful. I think what set this whole thing off was the four hour work week, big, Tim you Ferriss. know, Tim Ferriss, and then uh, the power of focus, because I'm the most unfocused ADD person on earth. And so I always desire focus and, and cleanliness. Like my dream is to have a clean desk so I can wreck it. But while I wreck it, that's when I build, you know, sell and it gets me excited. Um, those are some books for sure that I've loved to death. Um, John Maxwell, I read a lot of in my early days. Um, but yeah, that's I'm always on Audible, just getting new books and stuff like that. But can't point to a certain author. I think I skip around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, the Richest Man in Babylon. All those all those really good books. 
Yeah. Yeah. So really first get it. some personal finance, get some freedom in the, the yeah. four hour work week. Yeah. yeah that, yeah. Uh, Power of focus books. is a good one. I think, focus. uh, I forgot the guy's name on that one, but yeah. I have, I have the book versions of most of them too. I don't know why it feels good when you have a book or you guys like that. Yeah. Like you'll put the books, but it'll be like when I went to Bible college, I had like books, but I don't even touch them now, but I feel, you good feel smart. Yeah. yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, I like that. Is it hard for you to finish a book? Audiobook, No book. I don't think I've, besides maybe the Bible or maybe one or two books, I've never read from, no, never. I just get in there, get to the point and then I'm out. Uh, very, very similar. <laughs> Steve looks at me and laughs. Yeah, I've. I'm, I'm similar too. It's I've hard finished to very few books mm-hmm. uh, in my life. I'm definitely um, not a. It's like give me the meat. Yeah. Well, I did a couple of years ago because I wasn't a reader and wanted to be. One of my goals was to read twelve books in the calendar year. Like one a month was my goal, and I got into it and began reading. And I think I ended up reading like twenty one, twenty two. Wow, books. that's awesome. But that year came to an end and I was done reading. Right, it, didn't, right. it didn't change anything. And now I'm back to just like, give me the meat. Like I just, yeah. I don't, it's hard for me. <laughs> for, so. for me, I always preach and teach You know, I coach also hundreds of electricians around the country. I always tell everybody, Audible is your best friend. When you're driving, listen, I was the Biggie Smalls Tupac days in the nineties, you know, with the sound systems. <laughs> I actually had a sound system company too. It was called uh, the sound factory. I had a, a stereo shop and uh, you know, I, I filled my brain with garbage and whatever. And then, it, so then when I went to work for that other electrical company, all I did was drive. I was a salesman for them right away. You know, I got three to six hours a day of audiobooks, And I think, you know, that, and they say it one year of that makes you a, you know, four year degree. Oh, yeah. Change and, your life. Uh, yeah. And I preach and teach just, if you're in your car and you're a business owner, listen to business CDs and books and CDs. And What's CDs. a CD? Jeff? Yeah, I know. Seriously. We put your, put your eight track. in. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm a firm believer of that I'm always, yeah. you know, when I'm driving, I'm mostly doing I, that. I want to talk a little bit about, I think there's a lot Steven and I can learn from you because you are, as much as you're an electrician, business owner, you're also a content creator. Mm. I mean, you are on YouTube, you've got the channels, you've got the yes. subscribers, the followers, um, you're kind of like a junior high girl, like these <laughs> dreams of you want to do right. all these things right? and you're, you're doing them. Um, no disrespect to junior high girls. <laughs> um, I have one. No, I don't. No, I don't have one. I have a high school. I have a a junior high son. I have a junior high son. So, um, but yeah, you're creating all this content. Um, How? Why? I mean, you've got enough irons in the fire. Yeah. Why the digital content creating? Shingles. I'm one of the lifers, four percenters that have shingles for the rest of your life. The pain. If I stop talking and I start moving, I start itching like half my body on my chest all the way to the back. It's a joke, but I always say like, you know, God, you know, Paul said, take this thorn up. He had shingles for sure. There's no doubt, you know? And so, no, but that honestly, so when I moved to Montana, I wasn't planning on opening another company. 360 electric LA was big enough. I mean, we got, we've got a couple of million dollars in contracts going for like four more years. It's one of those things where I would love to get rid of it. Cause I just liability is just crazy. Right. Being in another state. But anyway, long story short, I've always dreamt of intellectual property. Like that's always been my goal. When I did the internet stuff, I wanted, I want to make money when I'm sleeping. So I figured, how can I do this? So I went on YouTube and there's this big creator. It's got, you know, 650,000. And one day I saw him put a bunch of free tools on the table. I knew it was free because I knew he didn't do that work. And I went, oh, I need free tools if I do YouTube. And so I was in my meeting with like 17 of my guys. And I go, we're going to do YouTube and we're going to get free tools. Like three years ago. Yeah, right. I thought it was that easy. Anyway, I picked a niche that nobody was doing. And for my company, I'm big on building people up and and paying it forward. So I would coach my own team and they would go on and open their own businesses. 
and I keep in touch and they come back and help me and teach me. And so I said, no one's doing this on YouTube. You can't go to the wholesale house and tell your competition. So how do you do your pricing, man? How did you do that? So I knew there was a need. And again, just in my brain said, what am I going to do when I go to Montana? Two years, I'm going to be building this house. Started the YouTube channel, The 360 Electrician. Instantly within three months, six months, I, I captured the niche electrical contractor. I knew electrician, there was way more. There's 800,000 plus electricians. Then you got DIY homeowners. So you got a 2 million base, right? Following. Electrical contractors, 75 to 77,000 in America. So, but I knew that you sell a tool, a hand tool to an electrician or a DIYer. That tool is worth 10 bucks. I sell van cargo systems on shelving. That's a $15,000 ticket item, right? So I knew I only need to sell one of those versus a thousand hand tools. So I knew I was getting into a niche that was going to be profitable. Ford. You know, Ford wants to sell cargo vans. Who's their number one customer? They're going to say contractors. Uh, I found that a lot of brands would say, like, let's just talk about a tool company or, or you know, electrical tool that's $3,000, right? This is an electrical puller or a tester. When I call that company and I say, hey, so who is your number one client? Well, they say, obviously, electricians. The next thing I have to do as that salesman, and I've literally been doing this for a year, and it is changing our market is really because I've been an electrician for 20 years. Why would I buy a $3,000 tester to make my boss rich? And then the trigger goes, well, what, what we meant was electrical contractor. Then I say, oh, back then you used to be able to hide your subscribership. No one's giving you a contract with 400, 500, 8, 800 subscribers. Everybody wants to see thousands. I had like 4,000 subscribers and I'm reaching these huge companies. I go, oh, okay, now that we're on the same table, Go to YouTube and type in your customer, electrical contractor, we're number one. The conversation was instantly, okay, how can we make a deal? So I got my first like $15,000 deal with 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I just signed probably my biggest deal, which will be minimum, um, I'm counting the zeros, uh, five, mid five digit contract uh, this year with one company that I do software with that sells software. Because nobody else can, you know, everybody can say, look at this cup, look, you drink. But I say, this is why you want this cup. Because not only can you drink, but it's so safe that it's not going to fall and break your guy's foot. You won't have a workman's comp claim. So as a business owner, I'm going to make everybody buy. You see what I'm saying? I just put that other level where everybody else is like, this microphone has this feature. And so is everybody else saying it. But I'm like, this microphone, I hope, has a bio whatever film so that we're not going to get sick. And now my guys aren't going to be off the job site. You see that different level? Mm -hmm. And so companies have caught on. And the thing is, I'm super loyal to brands, super loyal where nobody else can. They need to take everybody's money. They need to say this tool, this tool, this tool, where I say this tool, forget about that tool. And so I have that luxury because of that. So anyway, I got into the market and then right away, I started my coaching program. We have over 600 electricians across the country signed up. I've probably been through about two, 250. I record every single session and send it to them. So I have the content. And now, uh, you know, we're sponsored by some pretty, pretty big brands. And we get to go on the stage with people like Lexi, who's got 1.5 million followers. And here's this little channel that gets to go on with her channel. And so it's been an incredible awesome. ride. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned a lot about business <laughs> yeah. over the years. And, and then we do courses. I teach uh, the ultimate yeah. marketing for electrical contractors and the ultimate paperwork for electrical contractors. And I have three clients between Frenchtown and Darby already. Oh, so amazing. my joke is in another five years, every electrician's marketing and paperwork in the Bitterroot will look the same. 
because they all be coaching for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you can obviously tell your passion for painting for giving helping out electrical contractors. I know there's some obviously some ROI in mm -hmm. there. Um, is that kind of what you're seeing for the next foreseeable future for you? Is I'm gonna I'm just gonna help people. That's that's gonna be yeah yeah. So we again we opened in Montana uh, less than six months ago. The guys always argue with me. Uh, I made some incredible connections. Joe Burnich, Big West Marketing, someone you guys should definitely, I told him about the podcast. He is, he is my man. He's right here in Missoula. Met him before I moved out. How crazy is that? Because he had like 10,000 subscribers and you can see who has the most subscribers. Anyway, put a long story short, we opened in Missoula. We're already packed. We're already putting our third van online in the spring. We're already number two on Google search and maps in Missoula. So I probably peed off a bunch of other electricians that have been here for years. Which the story goes, I reached out to one of the biggest and said, I want to work for you for free. Mm. I will teach your guys sales. I will teach, I just need content. And for a lack of better terms, they gave me the finger and said, who are you? And now I'm probably going to be in the next few years, uh, not their biggest because I don't want to grow that big, but I'll be a big thorn in their side. In fact, we're both doing a show down in Hamilton uh, in a couple of weeks. And I purposely, this is how crazy I am. I said, I want to be the booth right next to this. And my guys are like, what? what? That's who I am. Why not? I'm going to be right next to my competition. I want up the booth. They couldn't do it because it was taken. So we hooked up with another great company that we're going to be collabing with. Uh, yeah. So it's amazing. Jeff. I know. I know. <laughs> well, if, uh, if our listeners want to hear more about what you're doing online, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, where the big boys yes. play, uh, where can they find you? All of it is at the at symbol, the 360 electrician on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. But I'm not an Instagram and TikToker. I don't look that good and I'm not that young. But we're growing. Uh, but YouTube is our home. Uh, our website's www.the360electrician.com. If any electricians or anybody wants to be an electrician, we just hired our first female apprentice, which is a game changer for us. Awesome. Um, yeah, if anyone's looking for a job, I'm not hiring right now, but we're growing. Uh, and we're going to stay small so that I told my guys time is worth more than money. And same with my guys. I don't want to get jobs where I got to send you, you know, out of town for six months out of it, and then you're away from family. Yeah. We'll make it here. Um, we'll do it. We have incredible clients that love us. We pour into each and every one of them. We already have, I think, 25 five-star reviews because of my guys. That's how awesome they are. And honestly, they are the company, not me. I just, they call me, they call me the rails. I'm the rails just to keep them from bouncing off the road. And they just, they, they're mm -hmm. allowed to do anything else as long as they're within those rails. All right, you sound like an incredible leader. Uh, last thing you want to leave the audience with, maybe something we missed or a, a message or something on your heart that you're passionate about, anything else? Yeah, again, um, we're we're here to serve Missoula, the Bitterroot, you know, the whole area. If you need an electrician, I always say it. Uh, I want to be your electrician for life, not just for a one-off or anything. Our prices are fair. We try to do our best, answer the phone, but we care. We just had a job where a lady had her baby and we spent, we didn't charge her any different, but we had to spend about five to six hours extra making sure that baby didn't wake up. So we had to tiptoe. So that's who we are. We're not looking to be the biggest. We're not looking to get rich off this. We do make a living. And hey, if you're a business owner, we, I'm an unlimited contractor, electrical contractor, and uh, just give us a shot. Check us out on on uh, Google and find us. And, you know, we, we bleed. My guys are all bleed Montana just like I do. So that's probably what I would leave that's off with. It's great. I always say that because I feel like I am the best electrician for someone. So why not promote yourself? I have no shame in that, you know. I appreciate yeah. that. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I we appreciate it. Awesome. You. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you guys. 
What's up, Missoula? This is Nick Bala, producer of the Missoula Podcast. We truly appreciate you hanging out with us as we dive into the stories that make our city special. If you could do us a quick favor and follow the show wherever you are listening, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, maybe you're watching on YouTube, so hit that little subscribe button. It really helps us out. Head on over to www.themissoulapodcast.com for more information, and we'll see you next week.